0: Welcome back to Kvetching on the Couch, a podcast where we host a weekly conversation about mental health topics through a Jewish lens. I'm Ash, I use they, she pronouns, and I'm an eating disorder and trauma therapist who specializes in the Jewish community and weight stigma. I have lived experience of an eating disorder and childhood trauma and do community advocacy work for the Jewish community and for fat positivity.
1: And I'm Laura. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a mental health and suicide prevention advisor to high schools with a professional background in special education and equity work. My professional nope both of us today you know we say these every week you would think and this is the only part that we say every single week it's clearly just a bad week (laughs) it's not a great week and we'll get to it (laughs) anyway my personal background is in fighting (laughs) anti-semitism advocating for fat and body liberation and eating disorder and addiction recovery through the lens of my personal experience roll the intro bb oh yes
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: soft and cozy space
1: In sorry. today's episode, we will be talking about Jewish food and the relationships that Jewish food has to our mental health as a community. I'm
0: sorry, we're laughing because Laura is hiding like a hermit in her, her sweatshirt, and I was interpretive dancing to the jingle. We it have was, a good
1: time. You're yeah, um, recording. It's over here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway,
0: we're so excited to be joined by our guest today, Kayla Kaplan, and we can't wait to get her on as soon as possible.
1: As a reminder, if there's a topic we're speaking on that resonates with you, you can request to hop on the show with us.
0: And a content warning. Uh, This topic may lend itself to some triggering content, so please be cognizant of your well-being and take breaks or
1: don't listen at all if that's what you need. And please remember that this podcast doesn't take the place of medical or mental health care from a clinician or provider. Please reach out to professionals if you need support. Before we do bring Kayla on, I just wanted to check in how are you ash
0: i mean i'm i'm here (laughs) yeah That's, that's kind of how i'm feeling i think that's kind of how you're feeling huh
1: yeah it's been a really challenging week um just like personally and professionally i've spent um quite a lot of time um grappling with the shooting in texas and i am uh I am transparently having a very, very hard time. So, um, you know, coming into this space with, I would say, less energy than usual. But I am, you know, this is a topic that I am extremely passionate about. So, I am looking forward to this conversation, nonetheless.
0: No, I totally agree. I mean, I think I'm in a much more like, just like numb, exasperated space, and I feel like I have been for at least a year. Um, So I'm feeling a little bit differently, but similarly just exhausted and
2: Mm -hmm.
0: spurted out. Um, But in any case, I, I do think that this topic, you know, Jewish food is a very, at least for me, I can only speak from my personal experience. It's a source of comfort. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, with such a hard week that we've had, uh, I think maybe it is a little bit appropriate to, to talk about Jewish food today and, and how that can support us
1: potentially through, through things like this. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And with that, I, um, but we can go ahead and bring Kayla on. So, um, listeners, Kayla is a published critical food studies researcher with a master's of science in food and nutrition policy and programs. She's a content creator and aspiring writer, and when she isn't learning about food, thinking about food, or cooking food, Kayla spends time hiking with her companion dog, Ginny, and reading in the California sunshine. Welcome, Kayla. Hi, thanks
0: so much for having me on. Hey, no problem. Thanks so much for making the time. Yeah, thank you for Absolutely. being here. How are you doing today? Uh, I think similarly to
2: both of you, as you said in your intro, you know, mm. it's... um it's hard to process everything and figure out what I'm feeling, but I'm doing my best. Yeah. Holding a lot of space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that's all that we really can. It's hard to process, you know, it's, it's not something that I was talking with a patient earlier today and, you know, every time you open your phone, it's something, you know, and obviously Mm -hmm. what happened in Texas, particularly heinous. um, But, you know, last weekend or two weekends ago was the shooting in upstate New York, uh, the grocery store. So it's just, it's, It's a lot and it's constant it just doesn't stop and i think a lot of us feel very helpless to do anything about it because quite frankly the power is in a lot of other people's uh so yeah but in any case um jewish food (laughs) jewish food (laughs) what is it
1: what is it it's funny because i actually actually. i really do think so many people would answer that differently uh they would you have to uh, honestly yeah absolutely like um i had a non-jewish friend like fairly recently um bring up they said they were trying to describe gefilte fish um and they (laughs) were trying and apparently well like they said jellyfish and i thought of like i thought of like a jellyfish, like, oh, like not like in the ocean, like I had no context. They were like, <laughs> and they were like, so like you eat jellyfish, right? And I was like, I can't say I've ever tried jellyfish. Like I really, <laughs> you can't. were committing. grasping at straws. Like I was trying to understand. I was like thinking of SpongeBob and how like they used jellyfish <laughs> to make jelly for like peanut the butter jellyfish soda. sandwich. Like, yeah, oh, like I was like really trying. trying, and it took me so long. And they were like, well, like for like the jewish holidays and i was like oh jellied oh, fish fish, fish. I was like, i understand i was like <laughs> i it took me a really long time to get there and even that is like that's one of the most polarizing <laughs> foods within the jewish say,
2: community coming on really strong with gefilte fish <laughs> our first yeah i know i specific you know what? It's, it's a hot
1: take kind of thursday i mean i love
2: i'm here for fish. it <laughs> I when really? I ate it, I wow. really did too. Really?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh yeah. Wow. I mean it's been a long time, but I I remember it fondly. Even the I'm gonna say it, even the jarred one.
1: <laughs> oh, that I can't get off. Yeah, of the jarred one. I do need it. <laughs> I mean, again,
2: actually. I was a child. I have not eaten that since I was under twelve. But <laughs> I did eat the jarred one, and I had no problems with it. <laughs> yeah, I. You can come for me. It's fine.
1: I, I, I can't, I can't support this. And that's it's the, texture. That's okay. um,
2: oh, it's a, it's, it's a terrible episode. texture. Yeah. For me, I am it's not a picky person. Texture. Yeah. Okay. It's so a people, big texture thing.
1: So many people also would say it needs to be eaten with like horseradish to be good. And I'm mm, allergic absolutely. to horseradish. That's um, not a good thing for you.
0: it's not
1: great i used to think Mm -hmm. i just didn't like it and then i figured out that i get hives when i eat it um (laughs) talk about intuitive eating but i was like oh i just really don't like it Um, oh my god that's so funny um yeah ultimately we're really you know not actually here to debate um whether gefilte fish is good (laughs) or not even though we i do think we could do an episode on it um and And the answer to that is actually only going to depend on how many Ashkenazim are on the episode um, (laughs) and really very little else. Um, (laughs) But uh, Kayla, to dive in, we would love to hear just like how you got into this kind of work because you engage with um, food in so many different capacities. So we'd love to hear from you about how you got into this.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I do engage with food often. Um, I really was pre-med, like from a young age. My whole drive was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. And then uh, sophomore year in college, I was like, I hate every class that is in Mm pre-med. And I was taking a class um, that was, in retrospect, I have a lot of issues with it, but at the time was like revolutionary to my perspective. Um, And it was on the connection between... Uh, poverty, and just a trigger warning here for Mm -hmm. the O word, it was between poverty and obesity. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really opened my eyes to like, oh, I think that I was pre-med because I wanted, I was so curious about the human body and how it interacts with the world. And it's really concrete and it makes sense to me in a way that like finance and business and like kind of more abstract concepts don't. And like science Mm -hmm. is always very there for me. And then when I was exposed to like, oh, food food is a career opportunity, um, it really changed my mind. And I was, I was reading a lot and I was always like an evolutionary biology nerd, which is just something niche and odd to say, but like I was always fascinated with it. And then I saw the connection between that and food. And it started me on like a journey of doing research throughout college, doing a couple different like um, class projects, research for professors. And actually when I graduated, Uh, In 2016, my first job was in a critical food studies lab doing research Mm. in rural South Central Indiana on um, temporal, spatial temporal access to emergency food aid, Mm. which is, again, very, very niche stuff. And it really just exposed me to academia. And I ended up getting my master's in the mouthful that you introduced me with, Laura. Thank you. (laughs) Food (laughs) and nutrition policy and programs um, and I concentrated in innovation and communication because I just love, I think it's fascinating how people talk about food and how much mm. of an impact food language and labeling has on our everyday lives.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that, that last bit of what you said is something... <laughs> ash and i could talk about for hours um let's do and it I, i'm so I'm sure you could too kayla every um, listener
2: is like great three hour episode yeah,
1: yeah, yeah absolutely like they're used to like our cool 45 minute runs this is gonna be no.
2: um talking about talking it, about food yeah
1: absolutely um but no i i mean that's awesome i you know through my professional experience just have a um a lot of lot of experience with food insecurity and supporting Mm -hmm. um people who are food insecure or i i don't actually love the phrase food insecure i would just say like people without reliable access to food period like i i think it it needs to be even more explicitly said a lot of Mm. the time so you know um i would love ultimately to just hear more about your research just we can take it offline but I just I think um the way you got into this work is really fascinating so thank you for sharing that with us
2: it is I'm I'm so happy to and there's there's incredible work being done in that area of people who also disagree and find it um difficult and I I think it's an important qualifier to mention as well like all of my background in food comes from a very food secure place I've Mm. I've never been Mm -hmm. on food assistance I've never sought food from a food pantry, but I've, I've worked and volunteered in them. I've taught classes in them. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I do like to qualify when I, before I speak on food sec- insecurity or security that, uh, that's never a personal experience that I've had and it's solely
0: academic. Super important.
2: Super important. Yeah.
0: Um, so, you know, zeroing in a little bit on Jewish food, um, you know, we wanted to kind of explore, a little bit about you know the jewish perspective on food versus maybe the larger cultural context which we can certainly you know talk about eating disorders and diet culture mm-hmm. in that but then also the ways in li- which like assimilation has maybe brought diet culture into the jewish community and how that gets complicated with jewish food um there's a lot of different places that we could go with that but uh you know i guess as i say jewish food and our relationship with it and mental health what comes up for you um
2: Probably a paper that I wrote again, in undergrad on what is Jewish food, yeah, and finding out, start? like you're right, how fascinating it is um to even think about what Jewish food is and like where that narrative comes from. But probably more yeah. recently, I've been a, I've been reading a couple books on Kashrut and like specifically yeah. mm-hmm. how the kosher, how kosher food um, in the industrialized food system, specifically in the United States, like mm. has revolutionized kind of the world and modern food systems. Really? And so I think, yeah, it's Interesting. I I have theories. I have <laughs> so many theories. Like here's, and I think going back to the mental health thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. and and my background, I I see the, I, and it's, this is gonna sound cheesy, but I see the world through the lens of food, and I think that's because I grew up kosher observant. And it, I was conservative, mm-hmm. traditionally conservative, um mainly Ashkenazi, though I do have a Sephardic background. Um, my grandparents got very into genealogy once it was available. And I think like the the what is Jewish food thing, like I think I I really opened my eyes to that from a very young age because when you're raised observant, that's how you you learn the world, it's how you start to navigate things, right? Like I was a 90s kid. So I had food labels, you know, food labels that I was Mm -hmm. reading, and I was taught to read, and I was taught to be conscious. And that impact, you know, in when I talk about my broader story and journey to like working as a food professional, Mm -hmm. being kosher and being Jewish has had the biggest impact on my life, and is probably why I see the world and I navigate so many personal professional situations differently than others. is because of that kosher lens.
0: That's so interesting. I never even like thought about it that way
2: it, yeah. i'm I, glad to hear
0: you think it's interesting
2: because a lot yeah. of people are like "Ugh, yawn
1: no that's no so it's very very interesting like i did not grow up kosher observant and i think about what um shaped my relationship with food and my fascination mm-hmm. with food and how i understand food in the world yeah. um and it's just gonna be totally different and i absolutely think that's really fascinating and i think um think in general, we, meaning people in general, um, most people don't reflect on their relationship with food unless they are forced to, True. Um, true. that whether that is through an eating disorder, whether it is in a problematic way, and it's forced by diet culture, whether Mm -hmm. it is, you know, but without an outside catalyst, very few people intrinsically are like,
0: yeah,
1: what shaped my relationship with food? Very few people are even like, what is my relationship with food? Um, Because to reflect in that way would require us to slow down Mm -hmm. and engage in introspection that is, frankly, extremely uncomfortable, spoken as somebody who, Mm -hmm. um, you know, has spent a lot of years in recovery from an eating disorder and um, in that active process. um, Yeah, like I just...
2: I think you. Na- I think you nailed it, though. I think that introspection of being kosher, or or even being aware of it in Judaism, is right. is the biggest gift. And I I grew up in a family that was like kind of blended. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, when when I was younger, I, my younger brother had no interest in keeping kosher. And once he was co- cognizant enough to go out and try non kosher food, he was on it with his friends. You know, <laughs> eating it. I've never. I have never intentionally eaten unkosher food. Like, I mean, not mm-hmm. not the Hekshire, but in terms of, you know, um, different the different categories. Mm-hmm. And my mom was always vegetarian. And mm-hmm. so, uh, but like less kosher observant. And then by the time I was in fourth grade, my dad um, went on a trip to Israel, came back, not his first trip, but one of the trips and like came back and was teaching me about why he's deciding to become more kosher observant. So I was like mm-hmm. nine or 10. Mm-hmm. And he was like explaining it to me. As a lot of Jewish parents do and they explain Jewish concepts, you explain it to to somebody else and you let them kind of take away from that. right? You give them the foundational right. knowledge and see how they interpret it, which is, again, another gift of why I love being Jewish so much. And that idea when he said to me, like, well, I'm not going to mix milk and meat anymore and I'm going to wait after this. And like, I'm, this is why I'm doing it. We don't weigh the calf in its mother's milk. I was like, mind blown, you know, and from fourth grade on, I chose not to mix milk and meat. And then when I was taught by a rabbi about kosher food, a couple of years later in middle school, we watched a documentary Food Inc. This is why you need to eat kosher chickens and blah, 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 which is like, okay, interesting. That's why I like, I think that intentional connection was, was made. And I went vegetarian and then later in my life, you know, vegan. And I think that is all completely rooted in Judaism and being kosher and the heightened intention about like, investigating for myself where I fit in with that relationship to food and, and taking a step back before I eat and making yes. sure that it's what I want to be eating. And, and a lot of that has come with intuitive eating practices and, and recovery and other things that you've, you've touched mm-hmm. on, but that is
0: yeah.
2: absolutely my biggest gift. I think that I, that I got in my life.
0: Yeah. I mean, and as positive as all of that is, and of course it, it is, I also, as you were talking, couldn't help, but think to myself, like, what's the other side of this coin? Cause it's a double-edged mm-hmm. sword, isn't it? Totally. You know, even, yeah. even as you, sh- you know, you mentioned Food Inc. I remember watching Food Inc. in my AP environmental studies class, mm-hmm. I think, in high school. And that was, I also went vegetarian after that because I, I, I was like, oh my horrifying. fucking God, it's horrible. Yeah, that yeah.
1: is a, tr-
0: that documentary. Truly horrifying. Yep. So yeah. it definitely, it made me go vegetarian a hundred percent. Um, and my... In my personal experience, a uh, heightened attention on what I was eating, what I put in my mouth, whether or not it was good or bad, whether that means like morally good or or you know nutritionally good, what have you mm-hmm. is very much also a function of of my eating disorder, right absolutely. <laughs> So it's so complicated because you want to walk that line, right? Like you want to honor, you know, what feels right to you. And also at the same time, you don't want to be so rigid that it becomes disordered, right?
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there are so many holidays and customs within the various mm-hmm. Jewish cultures that uh, put, a, put a lens, a microscope on that, right? That right. really heighten, heighten that double-edged sword. Right. Um, And I think, you know, going back to what we originally mentioned, like the assimilation piece, I think has a lot to Mm -hmm. do with that, because Mm -hmm. going back to the roots of of kashrut and things like that, and and the brachot that you say, right, the blessings, Mm -hmm. you're forced to take a second for everything. And it's Mm -hmm. from a place of gratitude. And we have such a deep connection with the earth.
0: Right. It's about, you know, restriction, avoidance, you know, apologizing. It's really about like connection.
2: Yeah. And there's some, right. there are some restrictive, restrictive things, sure, right? Like, sure. But yeah, it's, I think that like, I, if we had been able to maintain, you know, that, that culture without the outside influence, or if we had been able right. to, you know, if we hadn't assimilated into this world that had such an overarching anti-fat diet culture, right. you know, mm-hmm. game, it would be a different story because I do think that that is right. It's the double-edged sword a hundred percent, but the intention that we can get, from judaism rooting into it religious or not because i don't think i'm that religious of a person but the yeah the like intention that is set if you really look into the customs around food is is what i try and lean into but i Mm -hmm. definitely acknowledge the the both sides of that coin
0: yeah Yeah. well i mean yeah i think veganism is a perfect example of of you know that complicatedness even outside of you Mm -hmm. know the jewish context right like morally Mm -hmm. would i prefer to be a vegan yeah probably But personally, because of my history, it's just not the right
1: move for me, Um, you know, and that's complicated. Right. And that function is just different for everyone. Like, um, you know, like, Ash, you mentioned that um, that for you paying too much attention, too Mm -hmm. much in, you know, air quotes to um, what you're eating and why you're eating it um, can be a function of your eating disorder. And for me, like. As I was exploring my own relationship with Judaism and figuring out where different practices and customs fit into my daily life, which, um, you know, Kayla, it sounds like you, um, kind of had some of that around you in your home growing up and the influence mm-hmm. of your father after this trip to Israel, um, definitely sounds like it played a big part in influencing, um, uh, just how you understood that the particular It's of kashrut. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me, I grew up pretty secularly. And um, I have very much been on a journey to understanding my relationship to Judaism and to custom and to ritual in adulthood. um, Mm -hmm. And largely on my own. Um, And for me, something I wound up finding already connected to things I was already doing through um, like ingrained practices from eating disorder recovery over time. um, I found the brahot like played really well into that um, Mm -hmm. and taking that pause at the top of a meal and just like observing what's in front of me and um, what it feels like to see see it on the table and the plate that I made and then what it feels like to experience to eat it, you know, that mindfulness practice came through, um, you know, was something I directly had to practice and sit with in residential eating disorder treatment. Um, And then, you know, finding that taking that beat was something I rather enjoyed um, in a Jewish way was very interesting to me as well but then i learned that i like didn't enjoy saying the brahut aloud, Mm -hmm. um but i did enjoy just taking a moment to connect with the food on the table my different sensory reactions to the food on the table and experiences to the food on the table and just being grateful to have the food on the table which i think is in a sense engaging with the custom of saying bruhot. Yeah, it's just yeah. like I think that's all the components of saying yeah, a bruh- plus truth. formal I guess right but without you know sitting down and blessing each thing on the table which I found didn't bring me as much meaning but right. the intent behind the practice did
2: yeah and like that's the beauty of Judaism right it's like that you can pick and choose and interpret and work it into your life and like it's good enough Yeah, you know I mean I'm sure it's not how everybody sees it that's my understanding of it too and I think nice. that's, that's- yeah. I love hearing that thread that came that came into your life as an adult even if the origin wasn't necessarily positive.
0: I also um am curious I guess from both of you just you know thinking about Jewish food of course we love how it tastes right it, whatever mm-hmm. it is it's delicious except for gefilte fish. Um I oh, was <laughs> yeah. so, We can, we, here, can I, we can we can about it. We listen. It... <laughs> In any case, um, what I wanted to talk, actually gefilte fish is relevant here, right? Part of the reason we, ha- we eat the foods that we do as, you know, diaspora communities is because it's all we had available,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know, gefilte fish, it's, it's a mishmash of fish because, well, we had the scraps, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I guess, you know, thinking about Jewish food, not only as a, you know, uh, as a pillar i guess i want to say of jewish joy but also as a pillar of, of jewish survival
1: mm-hmm. and
0: how those interplay so commonly like with our story as a whole as a group right and just yeah. how food can be representative of that
2: i mean that's the old adage at least to me the old adage they tried to kill us we survived let's eat let's, let's eat, eat. <laughs> let's eat
0: yep mm-hmm. and
2: and how deeply it's rooted in the customs like i mean we have customs that are you know, for wine, for beverages as well, you know, and it's, Mm and, and it is, it's Jewish joy. And it's also community. Like literally you bring food to people in times of mourning, which is, you Mm -hmm. know, in other cultures as well, but is so deeply Jewish to me that you Mm -hmm. comfort and celebrate and mourn and debate all with, with food as that pillar that you mentioned. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, we, you know, very early in this conversation, we were discussing food security. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there is just a reality to the histories and origins of so many of the foods that we eat that it is um, based on a, frankly, nomadic experience with poverty and uprooting, yes, mm-hmm. resettling um <laughs> uprooted uprooted, starving right exactly Mm -hmm. at different points in history Mm -hmm.
2: um and we we carry that with us through the intergenerational trauma 100 percent. epigenetics
1: absolutely absolutely and just you know there when i think about i feel like there are specific foods that come to mind um but if Mm -hmm. i if i said this this idea right of a lot of Jewish traditional foods coming from um, a journey of survival and resilience and resourcefulness. Um, I feel like people who have a semi-familiarity with Jewish food um, could pinpoint a few in particular that come to mind, um, gefilte fish maybe being one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, matzah is like the bread of affliction but like knishes that was right another piece workers. of property knishes exactly yeah. and i think that people stuff whatever necessarily... you can in dumplings yes yeah. <laughs> whatever you can that, disguise um, it i think that people wouldn't necessarily like think of like bagels Um uh, <laughs> and that's like a personal favorite Ugh. for for me not even just as a food which like yes bagels are <laughs> a personal favorite food give me the circle <laughs> of delicious bread um <laughs> But, like, I didn't know the Jewish history of bagels for a really long time. I think I learned it, like, a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just such an incredible story that they are (laughs) distinctly Jewish food.
0: Um, Absolutely.
1: And I just, like, and very, very much um, born of Jewish poverty and oppression. Um, Mm -hmm. And that being what Jews were allowed to sell and they would on sticks through the hole. And like, getting, it's just a, so sorry, go ahead.
2: No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's always hard. I'm just getting like super excited because I, about a, a couple weeks ago, just read an entire book on Bialis.
0: Oh. Yeah. Um, so
2: if you want to like level <laughs> up the bagel <laughs> knowledge, the history of Bialis and Biali stock and the like erasure of an entire Jewish community in Bialy's mm-hmm. stock, um just again like super interesting and just pivotal and very distinct from the bagel journey another very very interesting epic of jewish community and culture that is apparently you can't really get good bialis in the united states and there's like so much trouble to even find the origin of them because the people who made it were gone Mm. Wow. Mm. and like now i really want a bagel
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, i am um struggling personally with having like moved Back to the New York area, um, mm. and understanding that I am not so far from Z that I couldn't get Z so, but also being too far from Z bars <laughs> to go get Z bars. Um, mm. Just a personal, a personal struggle that I really <laughs> find myself coping with uh, day in and day out. Um, Are there bags like
2: the bright orange bags you see orange when You're like,
1: yeah our actually, um, you know we don't have a visual component to this podcast at this time but uh, like literally uh, ash can see me looking up um directly above my computer i have a my grandfather's old zabar's hat like a baseball Mm. cap that is it can't even be worn anymore because it's so um, fragile yeah it's like cracked and um but it's it's such an old hat um but it's hanging on my wall and, and it's brown with the classic bright orange font. Logo hasn't changed. It's embroidered on there. Um, and that's hanging every day, but it's just a just a funny thing because I think it does also speak to this idea of like Jewish food as love. Like you mm-hmm. don't like people outside of New York know yeah. what Zabar's is and yeah. it's a Jewish institution that holds so much memory for so many people and that's one example. Mhm.
2: I'm always curious, things that I know to be distinctly Jewish, I wonder if people who are not pick up on it. Like, I guess I have friends, if I have a non-Jewish friend who says, oh, I really like Broad City. I'm like, do you? Like, do you get it? Because the whole point of it is like, I mean, it's a funny show, but like, if you don't pick up on the mother-daughter relationship or the, you know, the throwing in the Yiddish or, you know, those things, I'm like, do you really... So I, I, I guess I'm always
1: curious, you know, do people know that Zabar's is like Jewish or is it New York to people? You know, I think it, I think in so many ways it's New York to people. I think Zabar's yeah. in particular for using them as an example, does an excellent job of storytelling through their online platforms and like, mm-hmm. of, um, you know, really taking the story of their family and community and uplifting it through um, their food and, um, I think that they're excellent at that. Um, But, you know, I even also think of like other distinctly Jewish New York food places like Katz's Deli and Mm -hmm. um, Russ and Daughters. And it's like, yeah, I think that people... The Jewish deli part
2: of deli gets lost a lot, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, Mm -hmm. and I think people know that Jewish deli is good deli, but I don't think they'll call it Jewish deli. Whereas like, it is found stationally it is mm-hmm. the cornerstone of that for us is jewish and delhi itself also just had so much more to like do with community yeah. even more than it did with the food like um just as far had as a... being like gathering places um oh, oh, totally. especially as people were settling jewish mm-hmm. people were settling in new york after coming to the u.s
2: yeah. i had a a non-Jewish co-worker last year come, come to me and you're just like, you're in California. You really seem like you're from New York. And I was <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I had three grandparents born in Brooklyn and Queens, but mm-hmm. and Bronx. So, you know, i like, no, I, uh, I'm from California. Really? You just really come off to me like a New York style, like an East coast person. I'm like, uh yes, I'm, I'm jewish a Jew. yeah, and
0: they were like, <laughs> you they were like yeah.
2: oh i guess i just thought that was a new york thing and i was like it is uh, not i am jewish it isn't it isn't <laughs> it, is <laughs> it isn't i mean like i was like kind of do i wish that i could still have an apartment in brooklyn at this point yeah but like i <laughs> haven't my family hasn't been there in, you know a long yeah. time but it's it is interesting how the idea it it does kind of blend for people in that assimilation thing but i do have i have a question for both of you Mm. another i'm gonna say it's probably a polarizing question (laughs) but going back to bagels Mm. what are your thoughts on hummus on a bagel because people put hummus on a bagel maybe it's a bigger thing but
1: i do i think it would taste bad no would i be more inclined to use a bagel chip yeah yeah absolutely absolutely
2: but we're talking like boiled like, bagels
1: am i bagel gonna like, sandwich? be mad at somebody for like mm, a bagel hummus like a, sandwich i don't know a, if people listen, do it if it's like if it's like a <laughs> vegan option for i someone, guess like, right? i'm just gonna be like whatever like do your thing
2: but as, <laughs> no, saying, as I, the I, jewish I vegan really <laughs> i will get it. mad <laughs> I will get mad. No, there I'll we go. Kayla, Kayla, Kayla
1: I'm, I'm, ba-
2: I'm baiting you. I'm baiting both of you because I. <laughs> right. Kayla, Kayla only
1: asked this question. So will
2: not it accept. It will not <laughs> accept it. Cream cheese is a gift, and <laughs> it's really so. Is. And like, I would rather eat a plain bagel than a bagel with. Like, if you want to talk texture, mm-hmm. how gummy
1: would that be? Like, yeah, i a good that. use. A it would a good and have they want to like always. A- Thoroughly, they always want to thoroughly toasted bagel <laughs> thoroughly in order toasted. to even yeah. get away with it, like, like there would need to, we'd need to have relieved this bagel of any absorption, <laughs> um, like any right? Moisture even... <laughs> for me, it's like, like, like
2: the worst mashup of Jewish food. It's like the worst <laughs> Sparty <spaghetti, laughs> Ashkenazi <laughs> Mizrahi mix up. <laughs> I, yeah, you know <laughs> what? Can they can mad. come to me. I have multiple Instagram posts on this, which is <laughs> Kay- I don't like saying that loud But you, you can come fight me. You feel free. I will never concede this fact, and I've been faced with it so many times, and I do not understand why a (laughs) fake... It's a, I think it's just the vegan thing. I've been vegan for a long be. time. And yeah. like, they really, they really try to get me to be happy with, like, oh, we have a hummus schmear. And I'm like, absolutely oh, not.
1: Hummus schmear. No, well, no, 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 no. Saying the words hummus schmear did make me angry. Yeah. So it's maybe just. I have, maybe I have a stronger fi- I was like trying to play the diplomat because I'm very much like, <laughs> don't yuck You other can. Yam, you can. But you know what? Maybe I will yuck cover. Yeah. Especially and I am very, very much in, in that camp. Earlier. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. I'm very
2: much in that, like, hey, you do you but like it's more of the bagel shops stop pretending like it's an equitable option (laughs) to cream cheese like I'm gonna pay for that like you need to pay me to eat that
1: you know the diet cream cheese in the back and like have it yeah tofu has been around
2: you know that's a part option that has been there forever that I mean (laughs) things that aren't inherently Jewish I don't think but that I feel like are Jewish is definitely tofu right (laughs) like those little dairy-free sandwiches the ice cream sandwiches and
0: yeah, absolutely. I do something. feel like vegan options are and obviously veganism is not Jewish necessarily, but because of the Kashrut mm-hmm. laws, it, it sometimes you have to. In, I would imagine engage like you're a vegan because of what you ate yeah. earlier in the day.
2: I mean that's and that's the West. That's the LA Jewish crowd, right? The the mm. I mean the way that Jewish people, kosher people, and vegans in LA mash up together is beautiful highly recommend the restaurant scene incredible the mix of people the demographics incredible that is la's that's what we have versus the new york thing Mm. there's a very
1: big overlap Mm -hmm. i do be wanting like my and i'm not like huge on red meat let me preface this but that there was for most of my life actually i didn't eat it Mm. um Mm -hmm. however i would like my five inch thick Pastrami sandwich from Katz's Deli. So like, I, <laughs> like New York Jewish Deli is something yeah. I am grateful to be um, geolocated near. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I went to my first vegan Jewish deli like a couple months ago in Portland, oh, wow. and they have a location in oh, San Diego. God. And the emergence of, I'm and, and going back, the vegan Jewish deli stuff popping up is incredible too. Like so it's, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. it. Was. Such a cool, I mean, they happened to be out of like everything that I had wanted to take on the plane with me. They were out of babka, <laughs> yes. rugula, and knishes. And, but I was right. like, I had matzo ball soup. I mm. had like a sandwich mm. and I had bagels. Mm. Um And so I'm excited for that future. And I will yeah. absolutely never concede to being satisfied <laughs> with hummus <laughs> on a bagel. <laughs>
0: Oh well, you didn't ask if you, if you would be satisfied with it. You oh, just asked yeah, if it's acceptable. I mean, I mean, I'm changing the narrative. I forgot I'm being recorded, and I can't pretend like I
2: said what I said. No, it's I yeah, will no, go. No, we do have the playback. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, I stand by everything that I've said, and I will fight you all on that oh gosh well yeah babies. don't yuck
1: other people's yum unless it's hummus on a bagel that's, that's, that's it
2: take from that's, today's episode scratch my old bio please re-record and it's just <laughs> kayla will absolutely not accept anybody who wants to put hummus on a bagel
1: wait one more question about bagels though where <laughs> yes. are we at on poppy seed bagels i feel oh, like I this is oddly bagels. polarizing i love poppy seed really? bagels yeah, yeah I, they're, they're I like
2: the core them. of everything.
1: <laughs> I, I very much enjoy them on like an everything bagel and know a lot of people like me mm-hmm. who like no issues with them on an everything. Tons of issues with them on their own. Really? See, I don't like everything
0: huh. bagels. It's, I, it takes away from the bagel for me. Oh, I, I mean like you came in really bagel. hard with the gefilte fish opinion and now you're saying
2: you don't like everything bagel. <laughs> yeah ends? okay
0: to be wait, fair gosh. I used to No,
1: love them. there's no to be fair I used to love them <laughs> Did you just need that little bit of those little dehydrated onion flakes yum see, okay wait don't but like. you have that's to read this <laughs> you have Damn. to read this book
2: on bialy stock because you're like what you're saying about the poppy seeds too there I'm swear there was a whole chapter on like poppy seeds and like dried oh. out onions versus like fresh onions baked to be dried out. So I feel like you're both, it's, it's something <laughs> yeah, that I was, I, mean, <laughs> I spent the weekend with my grandma and like picked it off her bookshelf and read it in the weekend. And I just, it's, there, there's in-depth discussion of poppy seeds. I, yeah. I like uh, it. I
1: will eat anything on a bagel.
2: Except I, hummus.
1: Except hummus. right. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I feel like something we like didn't get into um, is like, my, my page is like an interesting, my Instagram page is like a, 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 a weird, mishmash of like food not distinctly Jewish food but then it became more about Jewish food Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. my page became more Jewish also like and I felt more comfortable um actually let's be honest I it's never comfortable (laughs) because people are going to threaten (laughs) my life no matter what I say um Um, but like I as I just came to terms with that right as I came to terms Mm -hmm. with that and was like you know what
2: you're got better at blocking
1: yeah the restriction yeah. feature is like the best thing on instagram but um yeah. i uh really found so much joy and love and connection in exploring jewish food um and you know my posts frankly went from being you know here's how to make it i used to do a very it's like a very pithy but like And I still do sometimes, but like what you need and what you do is how I would break Mm -hmm. up my recipes. And instead, it's now about storytelling. Mm. And this Mm. picture of a bowl of matzo ball soup I made is paired with a second photo of my great-grandmother making matzo balls in the kitchen where her daughter, my grandmother, they're both Holocaust survivors. She taught me how to make matzo balls in the same kitchen. And like, it's like... There's a lot of schmaltz going on in that
2: picture. (laughs)
1: Right. And as I said earlier, like this, um, just like, I don't know, all of, all of this is just like been something I've been exploring in the last several years of my life. Um, and you'll keep exploring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the Internet's been really cool, if not oftentimes annoying. Mm -hmm. um, But like Mm -hmm. it is a very cool way to build community as someone who hasn't really grown up with very much Jewish community. Mm -hmm. um, And food was the first way I started to connect um, Mm -hmm. with more Jewish people was around just conversations about things like matzo ball soup, right food. And that's exactly where I was going with that Kayla. Exactly. It is the entry point that transcends Judaism. It food is culture and community and sharing and history And and love and memory. Exactly. It is an overwhelming experience that way that can touch you know not only our senses but just like our deepest emotions and food can evoke memory in a way that like oh absolutely much doesn't yeah. um Ooh, yeah. so i just i have found food to be and jewish food in particular to be at the crux of community building um mm-hmm. whether that's jewish community building for me or whether it has been intra com- inter community building rather mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and have found it as a point of understanding, um, including but not limited to really complex conversations about like, where does a lot of Israeli food come from as a mm-hmm. conversation that tends to be one that can be really inflammatory online yeah. Um, yeah. and conversations I've gotten to have around hummus, like not mm-hmm. on a bagel, mm-hmm. but where does that lead to and how can we talk about, um, ways in which we're connected to Mm -hmm. a place and a land and as people. Um, And I just think that that's a really incredible experience for me. And on the days where I might want to deactivate my Instagram completely and wipe myself off the internet. um, It's things like that, that keep me here and present. It's those conversations.
2: I would love to just like a moment of appreciation and gratitude for what you said. And also For the resilience of the umbrella of Jewish food and the history that it does tell and the fact that we have Jewish foods, the fact that we've maintained that for thousands of years. I Mm -hmm. mean, what an incredible, incredible thing that that is to Mm -hmm. to have the history that we do and to have the complications and and. Everything that has happened, and to still every generation, you pass it down, and have that be remembered, and what it carries with it—the significance. I mean, what a beautiful and incredible thing! Yeah. That's why I love the food. I mean, the food is just—it's everything.
0: It is. It really is. Also, have loved the cooperative overlap today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so like
1: fun. Yeah. No, I feel like Kayla. I feel like you really match our energy um, on the show. Like sometimes, you know. Ash and I, like, we don't entirely edit ourselves, but we do we do gently edit ourselves to, you know, yeah. either create more space for mm-hmm. um, a speaker who might have a different speaking style than ours or mm-hmm. not or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. or just to kind of match the vibe. And I feel like we both named that uh, actually all three of us named that we were coming into um, this episode recording and this conversation really drained and exhausted by the events mm-hmm. of this week. And we, did a very Jewish thing in (laughs) rising to each other's energies around a topic and responding to each other's passions. And as Ash said, cooperative overlapping, I've really loved that. Yeah. I,
2: I love it too. It is, it does feel very Jewish. It's also Mm -hmm.
1: very neurodivergent to be like, I will (laughs) match anybody's
2: energy because that's how I've learned (laughs) to navigate the world. Uh. Um, But I, (laughs) I hear what you're saying is that you want to do a part two with me at some point, and I gladly. That's absolutely so. what yes. we're saying. Yeah, Kayla, we <laughs> yes. will see
1: you in season two. I am that third is what host. Saying.
2: I'm taking over this podcast.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> I will see you next week. Right. That's okay. really right. Said, now that you all have gotten it running, um, I'm here to make this a podcast against. On a running segment
2: people try and come on and try and convince me that hummus
1: belongs About on a bagel the and I shoot them down <laughs> for 45 it really minutes. own
2: podcast. <laughs> I mean, there we go.
1: Thank oh, you so much man. for the
2: opportunity though. I've, I've listened to this and I'm glad to, to get to know you and, uh, and to feel that energy. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for being a part of tonight's um, episode and just for bringing your energy. I really, mm. um, I think I speak for us both when I say that we just really have loved having you on here tonight.
0: Thank you. Absolutely. All well, right. have a wonderful evening, Kayla. We will absolutely have you on again. Uh, and go enjoy your bagel without hummus. And if you <laughs> have an extended I weekend,
1: I hope that it is uh, restorative <laughs> and fulfilling for you in yes. some capacity, no matter what, how you choose to spend it.
2: Yes. Likewise to you too and to all the listeners. Thank you so much.
1: Bye.
0: Mm. All right. Wow.
1: That, that was just, awesome.
0: That was really awesome. Do you want me to go straight into the outro or you want to debrief?
1: That's just awesome. I just, okay. I really enjoyed it. Okay. I don't, I, yeah. I'm great. like,
0: I'm probably going to be thinking
1: about it later. And I mean, it um, totally changed your energy. Like, I you know, wow. it very much did. Like yeah. um listeners, Ash and I, you know, dedicate some time prior to the start of what you hear recorded Um every week. We, you know, spend a minute checking in with each other making sure that our notes for topics we want to get to are up to date, whatever we have like a short little prep period. And I came into this one, like with my hood on and like sunk down in my chair. And I was like, I don't really want to be here today, but also I do want to be here today. And I don't really know what that's going to translate to. Um, and not surprisingly talking about food, which I am then going to go make and eat food, but not surprisingly, um, Food has been restorative for me tonight, which I just, that is a theme in my life. Just holding appreciation for the magic and comfort of food. All right. Well, with that,
0: thank you so much for joining us today on Kvetching on the Couch. As a reminder, we use the space to talk about difficult subjects. And so it is of the utmost importance that you do at least one thing to take care of yourself today.
1: Absolutely. And we heard, we hope that you heard something that you'll take with you from tonight's episode, even if it's just hummus on a bagel is bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week is actually our 18th episode, our Chai episode. Uh, so we'll be talking about Jewish joy with Karen Cinnamon of your Jewish life.
1: Yeah, we're super excited about that. Karen has also some incredible energy and is just a absolutely lovely person. So we're very excited to have her on. You can come fetch with us about that next Thursday, June 2nd. Actually, we're going to be doing it around lunchtime, so 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is different than our usual time. Um, so we hope that you can make it. Absolutely. And as always, this episode
0: recording and next week's as well uh, will be posted on the call app on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts later this evening and in case of next week after the episodes uh, live has ended.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can keep up with me and Ash on social media. My handle is at the Healing Happy Cook and you can find Ash at add Bad Ash Therapy. Um, I don't think we actually shared Kayla's handle and I'm like realizing that in real time. Um, but on Instagram, you can find Kayla at um, Oy Vey. It's K, K-A-Y. Cool. And we will, <laughs> it's so cute. Um, and we will uh, add, her handle as well um to the comment section of the episode and a big
0: thank you to january sunshine for all the music that we use here on the show and the biggest of thank yous to those of you who joined us today good night everyone Night.